Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by nonprofit Professional Performance 360 magazine. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. Welcome back to Orchestrating Success, Converting Your Passion to Profit. Tonight, today, this session, we're going to focus on your message. How do you really let people know what your superpower is? And I'm, I'm recording this in the evening in uh, Virginia, and my guest for the interview is drinking his morning coffee in Australia, Tom Pollan, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where the heck everyone is. It's morning here tomorrow. Um, it's always interesting when I'm making an appointment with people. They say, well, I'll call you at 2 o'clock. Okay, wait a minute. What time zone? And yeah, with, which, which 2 o'clock? Yeah, which 2 o'clock? And in your case, it's Thursday here, but it's Friday where you are. Correct. Yeah. Just, we're just, going, just, going, uh, tw- just coming up 20 past 8 in the morning. Oh, wow. It's uh, 6.19 p.m. here in, uh, in Virginia. Now, Tom, you and I connected somewhere, and you graciously invited me to this small group encounter that we had a week ago, a video session where you taught us some things about marketing, and you taught us about our message, and you taught us quite a few things. I took a whole bunch of notes, and then you gave us one of your books. And you tell us who you are, and what is your superpower, and how did you develop this? How did you get where you are today? Great questions. Okay, so, so Tom Poland, uh, I call myself the chief leadsologist uh, at Leadsology. Um, I look, just, just personally, I live next to the beach here in Castaways Beach in a, a place called uh, the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. Uh, it's about... Um, well, I guess it's about 19 hours drive north of Sydney. It's a pretty long way up the coast. Um, and um, yeah, Australia's like the US, you know, it's quite a big country. Uh, it's just the difference is that 80% of it's desert here. Um, anywho, uh, back to what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it. So my superpower is lead generation. So I, I work with people who are marketing the invisible. So people who have an idea, they have a service, most of what I'm going to, we're going to talk about will apply to people who have physical products as well. Uh, whether you're making uh, sandals in Kenya or you're a New York uh, merger and acquisition consultant, the principles are the same. How you apply them is a little different depending on whether you've got something that's invisible or something that's physical. So um, it's, the magic is around setting up four separate lead generation systems so there is a weekly flow of high quality 
inbound new client inquiries. So we don't do cold calling or anything dumb like sending out 10,000 letters to anyone. Uh, we don't do trade shows because all of those things deposition the, the, the person who's providing the service or the advice. So that, that's, that's the superpower. It's, it's creating these four different lead sources, four different lead systems. So the leads are coming in systematically, automatically into, into the person's business. How I came across that? Good, good question. 1995, I, I, um, uh, you know, when I was 16, going back a couple of years, uh, my father suggested I, I leave home before I, because he said I knew everything and I, I could start forgetting things soon if I didn't leave home. So uh, I did that. I left home and um, a few years later in 1995, I found myself in a very similar mindset. I'd come out of a corporate uh, senior executive role in a multinational corporate and I started my own business again. And I thought I knew about marketing because I'd spent some 20 years in sales and marketing the corporate. So I set up the new business and put all this marketing in place and nothing happened. So I went, I, I literally flew overseas sat at the feet of great marketing masters and read every book and went to every workshop I could. And I'm a pretty good implementer, put everything in place. And the best I could do was break even on my marketing efforts. So I sat down and thought, I got to figure this thing out myself. And so I put all the books away and put all the workshop notes away and started what now today is known as leadology. Um, because I discovered this, Hugh, there's a whole bunch of people out there that are that are really, really good marketers, but when you actually buy their stuff, well, it turns out their marketing is a 10 and their product is like a two. Um, wow. Most of, most of your audience and my clients, when we start working with them, it's the opposite. They have like a 10 service. It's the world's best, best get secret. If they could just get in front of the right people, then the conversions happen and the clients, the clients love them. So most people have a, a 10 service trapped in, to marketing and that's that's what leadology is all about and that's that's how i started whoops sorry i just i locked over my microphone and my excitement um that's how the leadology journey started is is trying to figure this thing out as a as a coach consultant a trainer how do you get the leads coming in without having to stay awake at night stressed about it and, and without having to engage in these random acts of marketing random acts of marketing now you used a word there that i tried to capture cold calls and, and, you know, put sort of what I would call push marketing. You used the word, was it D D discredit decommit? What is, what is the word you use? Deposition. Deposition. So, yeah. So, so one of the most powerful psychologies known to mankind is reverse psychology. So, you know, if I had kids at home and it was raining outside and I said to the kids, don't go outside and play because it's raining. Then the first thing that you're going to want to do is what? Go outside and play. You know, I said to my teenage daughter, I'm going out with your mum. We're going to a nice restaurant. We're leaving the second car here. The car keys are over there. Do not touch the car keys. Do not drive that car. <laughs> so, so, so the moment we, we, we and in a, in a more subtle degree is this, that on the other end of the spectrum, the moment we know we can have something, our desire for it decreases. You see this with people dating all the time. Uh, you see it, you, people get blase, they get apathetic. I can have that anytime I want. And what else is there? So somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, can't have it, I want it, uh, can have it, don't want it, is the sweet spot called reverse psychology where people will want more of what you've got if they think they need it more 
then you need the money. People say that again. That's a, that's a key piece of information. Yeah. So, so, so let let me say I'm a prospective client of of Hughes, right? And I'm, I'm thinking, should I work with you or not? If Hugh is sending out mail drops and offers every day of the week, and I'm getting bombarded with pick me, pick me, pick me from Hugh, I get kind of apathetic about that. I get kind of, well, I can work with Hugh anytime I want. You know, he obviously really needs a lot more clients because he's sending all these offers out. And every time I go to a trade show, he's there and he's always handing out brochures and I'm getting letters from him and I'm getting emails. I think, eh, Hugh, maybe, maybe not. But if I perceive, if my, 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 my belief is that Hugh, uh, that I need what Hugh's got more than Hugh needs my money, I get much more interested. Wow. So, so cold calling depositions that. Please, you know, can I work with you? Going onto LinkedIn and going, hey, um, we do SEO. You know, do you need, do you need help? Depositions <laughs> that. Um, sending out 10,000 letters, which clearly direct mail pieces for, you know, thousands of people. Depositions that. What we want is we want to invoke that sweet spot psychology, where, as I said, that your audience perceives that they need you more than you need their money. Wow. That's just the opposite of what the, the marketing people are trying to tell us to do, isn't it? Yeah. And, and look, it's, Hugh, it's, it's, it's so different if you're selling a product, particularly if it's a commodity product, because then it's probably going to come down to price. But, and, but there's a massive gulf of difference between marketing a thing and marketing a service because the service is actually a relationship. It's like going into a marriage. You know, if, 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 I'm, if I'm buying, I don't know, if I'm buying a house off a realtor and I don't like the realtor, oh, well, you know, if the house is okay, I'm still going to make the buy, right? Because I don't have to live with the realtor. But if I'm looking for... Um, a wife, which I kind of was, you know, 12 years ago, <laughs> that, that, that prospective bride, whom I fell in love with instantly, by the way, and could have married her on the spot. I mean, we're literally within 90 seconds of going, yeah, this is it. I'm gone. Um, and if I'd gone up to her and said, look, you know, I, I've just fallen in love with you. My name's Tom, by the way. Um, you know, could we get married or at least could I come home with you tonight? when when you're offering a service or advice i didn't do that honestly you know we had some dates first anyway but when you're offering a service or advice and you you're popping the question to people and going work with me it's like marry me because with a thing the person we buy it off that relationship's over we just we just get left with the golf clubs or the boat or the house or whatever but with an advisory service, consultancy, training, coaching, uh, architecture, uh, CPA, account, even a lawyer, we've got to enter into a relationship of trust with this person. And that means we're going to probably have to have a few dates before we pop the question of engagement. That is so good. Wow. I'm, 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 you and I had talked before we went live about coffee, and we have this, this love of fresh freshly ground brewed espresso. And I talked about re- re- doing the beans and I sitting over here on the couch, my bride of we're starting 12 years uh, next month. And we met, she's a conductor. I'm a conductor. We met at a church music conference 
in the same room and we crossed paths and I was smart enough wow. to pay attention. But I, you know, it took a year to build a relationship and have conversations. Actually it was a year before we, uh, we talked again, but I understand that dynamic, uh, really well. And you know what? I got it right. And, and, and so it's, it's not about, about pushing and there's, there's a synergy here with what I teach my clients leadership is a position of influence. We influence people and we don't do it by telling people what to do. If you're responsible for a team, you, you create the space for people to raise the functioning around a common purpose. So let's, let's go back to um, this. So there's a lot of synergy with what I teach. Now I have the invisible, which is my coaching, my facilitation, my, my culture creation for corporate clients. But I have something that's sort of in the middle. It's not a product. It's an online program. Now, where does that fall? Is that, is that the invisible? Is that a product? That's, that's, that's the invisible. That's the invisible. And so is software, by the way. Um, there are a few exceptions. So you think, well, software, is that a thing? Is it a, you know, or is it a... So, so software development um, is, is, it fits in with the invisible as well. And I, you know, I developed and had a software business uh, for my sins quite a number of years ago. Um, so it's, it's selling the invisible and, and online courses, programs, any, any, because with an online course or a program, there's a duration, whether it's eight weeks, six weeks, six months. And I've, I've got to be able to trust three things w when I buy into that program, I've got to be able to trust, I've got to be able to validate Hugh and say, yeah, I trust Hugh. He, he cares. He has integrity. He's going to be reliable. I've got to validate the service or the program. And this is true, whether it, as I said, whether it's an architect, a consultant, a coach, whatever. So I've got to validate the service. Is, does this service have integrity? Does the service have, is it a fit you know, for my needs? The third thing that most people trip up on is, is, is there, am I going to implement when it comes to a program? Because I bought these programs before, you know, I've done these workshops before. I got all excited, took all the notes, got back to my business, and then the emails started coming in, and the meetings started happening, and they're sitting in this nice little folder in a pile somewhere. So the, the three points of validation. The first point is, you know, do I know, like, and trust you? Second point is, is as the program got integrity, is it going to deliver and fit my needs? And the third point is, will I actually use this thing? Do so, they use it? Is it so hard I can't do it? That's that's a big deal. Yeah, well, well, I implement because we've already all, all bought those, you know, $197 downloadable workshop training things and got excited. And, you know, where are they now? I don't even know where they are. They're sitting in a digital folder somewhere. It's right. I know I've got a name and password to that membership site somewhere, but I don't know where it is. So, so when it comes to programs, and it's a little bit of a red herring, I guess, but, but whatever, whatever we do, whatever service we deliver, if people don't implement, they don't get value. Um, and how do you, and even though I, there might be money in my bank account, I want people to implement because I want them to get value because I want the good karma baby. Uh-huh. Um, how do you define red herring? Um, it's a little bit, implementation is a little bit off the subject of marketing. It's, there's an indirect link in that if people implement, they get value and they refer. Okay. So there was um, an indirect link. Um, your site, um, we're going to give them a, 
special link before we're done here, but your site is Leadsology, L-E-A-D-S-O-L-O-G-Y dot guru. And you are in fact the guru. Now, um, you've written some books, right? I have to say I'm a little embarrassed every time I hear that dot guru, but dot com was gone. (laughs) We're trying to buy it. So, so it's, it's, it's kind of like these people who say, you know, they write their own bio and they say, you know, I, I am the world's expert on X, Y, Z. Yeah. Like, who said? Well, it was there and so it was. Anyway, that is website, leadsology.guru. Yeah. It was predestined. You were, you were pulled into that. Um, tell us about you. Um, I have one of your books. I, I, it's in my digital folder, but it's queued up to read over the holiday here. Um, we have a holiday in America. Um, read that to me. Is that Leadsology, The Science of Being in Demand? Yes, it. Leadsology, uh, The Science of Being in Demand. Oops, I'm making a note. It's a science. Yeah, it is. And can people find that on Amazon? Yes, indeed. Kindle, paperback. Okay. Um, And... Who needs that? Who needs your methodology? Now, I, I assume the book gives people an overview and gives them what you didn't find in the, the seminars and the courses you took before. It gives them a, a, a snapshot or maybe some courseware. Tell me what's in the book and who needs it. Okay, so, so the, the book is for anyone who's marketing the invisible and who wants the security and pleasure and enjoyment Um, satisfaction, if you like, of having a regular flow of new clients coming into their business. Um, So it's a a systemized approach to lead generation. And the book's quite extensive. Uh, You know, some books you buy and you end up disappointed because they tell you, you know, they tell you what you need to do, but they're very light on actually how to do that. So I go into all sorts of things too. There's there's 10 parts to the model. Uh, You know, we start with what what you call, uh, what did you call it? Um, superpower i call it your magic Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things for example i say to people is um, you can't have seven types of magic you can't you know a a canadian client of mine who's a consultant trainer coach uh susan was absolutely you know i would say a genius of what she did but on her website she had something like nine different things that you could pick from you know 360 degrees leadership training uh productivity engagement uh human dynamics whatever that is uh, organizational change. Uh, and, and Susan was very, very good at all of these things. I've no doubt about that. Um, so the first thing I said to her was, well, pick one. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, you, you can't market nine things. You can market one thing. Everything else needs to go off your website, off your LinkedIn profile, off your business card. We're going to market one thing. Once you get clients happily engaged in that one thing, getting great value, they go, okay, Susan, what else you got? Then you can show them the other stuff. So, so it's a step by the book goes from a step by step model. There's ten parts to it. Starts with the magic, your superpower. Pick one. Um, the first four parts are about the the the, the, the your magic. Pick one. Um, the market, which is what I call a beachhead. You might call it a niche. How to how to select one of those. So it's all about focus. Um, the message, which is the session we had last week on the marketing message. And the three characteristics that create an effective marketing message that gets cut through and that motivates someone to want to know more. And finally, the mediums. So 
the mediums are quite important. So the mediums say, for example, it could be a medium, could be a webinar, it could be a book, it could be an online session, it could be a lunch and learn, uh, it could be a guide of some sort, it could be a challenge. Lots of different ways you can attract people into your your list and give them great value. Um, but the mediums are interesting because the mediums have to fit. They have to fit, first of all, your style, so your personality. So for some people, running webinars makes them feel like they want to be physically ill. Um, my wife calls herself an e-tart. You know, when we met, she barely knew how to do an email. Um, but, you know, she's getting better and better. But, but for, someone, for someone like my wife, running a webinar would just cause her sleepless nights for weeks. So don't do that because it's not part of your personality style. Pick a medium that fits your personality. Pick a medium where you go, I mean, I love writing. I, I could just lock me up in a cave with a keyboard. I'll just write for, you know, 24 seven just about. So pick a medium that you're inclined to want to engage in because then you'll actually do the freaking thing instead of saying it should be done. And you've got to pick a medium that works for the market as well. So if I was, if I was marketing to, to tradespeople, to say plumbers, I wouldn't pick webinars as a medium because it's not, it's not a medium that they're naturally instinctively drawn to. If I was talking to consultants, I would certainly pick webinars because they're in front of computers all day. So you've got to match the medium to the market. And if, and if you fail to do that, I got, I got Monty, the marketing wonder dog here. He's a border collie and there's a dinner bowl out the back. And I've got a beehive as well. So if I, if I get a nice bunch of flowers and I put them in Monty's dinner bowl, that's going to be a hard sell, right? But if I put it in front of the beehive, they're all over it. And, and vice versa with a nice steak. Put in front of the bees, eh, not too interested putting it in front of it. There's no selling required when you match the message to the market and the mediums. Zero selling required. It's like bees on the flowers. Um, there are certain trends in what people are doing online. And um, I think it changes from time to time. What worked last year doesn't work this year. Sometimes what worked yeah. last week doesn't work this week. You're, you're honing in on some fundamental principles that probably supersedes the, the, the fad of the day. Am I, am, is that making sense? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And if we want to go to the, you know, the highest sort of helicopter view or what do people call umbrella view, the strategic view of, of lead generation, there's, there's two things, two things that intersect when a lead is generated. And this has been the case in the history of mankind for thousands of years, and it will always be the case. So whatever changes with online funnels or Facebook advertising or social media, whatever else changes, this never changes. A lead is generated when an ideal client is intersected with an effective marketing message. So when, when, the, when the message, the right message meets the market, an ideal client is someone who's aware of their need. Uh, so my ideal client is, if they're not waking up in the middle of the night, they're waking up in the morning and they're thinking, I've got to get some systems in place to get some regular five leads. So they're aware of their need, uh, they have the money, and the timing is perfect. That's the three characteristics of an ideal client. When that person sees my marketing message in almost any form, and there's about 12 different forms they can see it in, they get interested. And that's how, lead, that's how, that's how inbound inquiries are generated. Well, that's how we connected. Somehow, I was interested in meeting you. And, I'm, and we've talked twice now and emailed. 
and I'm fascinated by what you do. Um, what do you think it was that got my interest? Do you remember how, how, how yeah. we connected? Yes, we, we connected through LinkedIn. Mm. And I invited you to a marketing message makeover session. I made a bit of a song and dance about the fact that I was a best-selling international author, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of in the PS. So there was a bit of credibility in there. And so, so now don't get offended at this, but you were metaphorically speaking a bear in the woods. Mm -hmm. And my message via LinkedIn, we, we established a first, first level connection first. And I'd given you a little bit of a, a something. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a guide like this one, PDF. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, so we had a couple of little dates, a couple of little mini dates. Um, mm -hmm. And then I invited you to this marketing message makeover, which was a, which was essentially a 75 minute session where I would show you how to create an effective marketing message that gets cut through and motivates an ideal client to want to, to, to know more about what you do. Um, I said, leave your credit card at home. There's nothing to buy. So we reduced, minimized the, the sense of risk or, you know, is this just another sales trap? Um, so, so one talk about the bear in the woods. So the metaphor is this, that, um, this describes leadsology pretty well, I think, how it works and the fact that you don't need any sales, any, any manipulative sales techniques and so on. Do you imagine there's a, there's a big forest and there's a bunch of grizzly bears in there and they're all asleep? And I've, I've got some honey in a honey pot and I want the bears to eat my honey. Now, the bears are a metaphor for potential clients and the honey is a metaphor for what it is I do, whatever people mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of choices. So I think, well, how am I going to get the bears to eat my honey? So I go to uh, a bear eating honey seminar and the guy stands up on stage and he's holding this, this lance, this really big, long stick with a sharp point at the end. He says, look, I've done this. You guys want, you know, you want the bears to eat your honey. This is how you do it. You grab the stick, you go running through the forest, you find a grizzly bear and you poke it really hard on the bum to wake it up. And then you wave the pot in front of the bear's nose. And if it's hungry, it'll eat the bear. It'll eat the honey. If it's not hungry, it'll eat you. But, you know, and so that's selling. That's going out with your marketing message, annoying people, <laughs> poking them with a sharp stick going, pick me, pick me, pick me. Um, so with leadsology, what we do is we just put the honey pot outside the forest. And the bears that are hungry will start dreaming of the swimming in honey, probably. And then they'll wake up and they go, darn, just a dream, but hang on, I can still smell the honey. And they come out of the forest. And that's what leadsology does. Leadsology is a series of four honey pots, each systemized, different mediums going to the same market with essentially the same marketing message. And the bears are coming out of the forest. People are making inquiries into your business. So it's, it's imperative that your message is very clear. It's, you got one product, and you're targeting a specific person. That's, that's why the message is what I call the first domino. You know, you see those Guinness Book of Records where they line up 100,000 dominoes and they only have to push over one domino and all the others go click, 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 click. So uh -huh. the marketing message is not what people think it is. It's not a USP. It's not an elevator pitch. Uh, it's not a slogan. And it doesn't even, often it won't even mention your service or your product. But it's, it's got to be benefit rich. It's got to be differentiated. So it's got to sound like nothing anyone else is saying. And it's going to contain some specifics. That's where the magic lies in those specifics. 
What are the top, top things that people do wrong? Uh, number one they do wrong with their marketing message is they tell people what they do for a living. So, you know, I'm an accountant, I'll help you with the taxes. Um, I'm, I'm a marketer, I'll help you get some leads in. Um, you know, I'm, um, I'm a Facebook Messenger bots guru. I'll help you get a better open rate. Why is that a mistake? Why is that a mistake? Because people don't want Facebook Messenger oh, bots. He's pro blogger. And, and they, they, don't actually, they don't actually want bigger open rates. They want the thing that the bigger open rates give them. Which in, in this particular example we're talking about, I think the gentleman was, I'm not sure if he's on your call or a different one, but, but um, very exciting product, Messenger bots. You can get 100% open rate with them. Um, but people don't want 100% open rate. They want the thing the 100% open rate gives them. So his marketplace, this particular person is an online marketer, and his marketplace are beauty salons. Uh -huh. Beauty salon owners don't want messenger bots and they don't want a hundred and open rates. They want more bums in their seats uh -huh. uh, every single day. Please thank you very much. Uh -huh. So his marketing message, is, it should not be, I'm an expert on Facebook bots and it should not be, I can get you hundred percent open rates on your messages. It should be, I can get you another two customers walking through your door every single day without any print media advertising, without any call calling, that's it, period. Now, because if you're a beauty salon owner, you want two more extra customers every single day. That's, that, that, that's where your profit is. And I don't know if it's two or if it's five where the sweet spot is. Sweet spot in the message when you talk about specifics has to be big enough to generate desirability, but it has to be small enough to generate believability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if he goes out and says, I, I can get you 50 new customers every single day, even if he could get 50 every day, people aren't going to believe it. So it's, it's not going to work. And if he, if he came out and said, I can get you a new customer every single month, no matter how excitedly he says it, people are not going to get turned on by that. So I don't know what the number is, but there's a sweet spot or something like another two, another five customers every single day. Now, now when a, a beauty salon owner hears that, then they want to go, they're going to want to know more. And that's when the lead and the lead is generated, the inquiry is made. And, and the question at that point is, well, how do you do that? That's when messenger bots come in, not before. Okay. Well, this is really, really helpful. I, it's unique. I just changed from on my LinkedIn messaging from what I do to what the results are. I just changed it like two weeks ago. And, and I'm amazed. I have in between Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, I have like 250,000 um, followers. Wow. I'm amazed that 249,500 of them are just pushing out, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. And they haven't done any dating. They haven't gotten to know, haven't built any trust, haven't built any credibility. There's no validation. And it's, it's just amazing. So there's a whole bunch of noise. Somehow you got my attention and you cut through the noise on LinkedIn. And I don't know how that happened, but you were very skilled at that. And you, you've, you've got a way of just getting right to it and, and attracting the right person. Um, so when I say who needs you, people like a consultant, people like a speaker, people like a coach, is that, yeah. is that the, the space of invisible? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's as I said, it's marketing the invisible. I've done a lot of work with architects, um, accountants. Um, right now, for example, I have a merger and acquisition consultant, American guy is operating out of London, works a lot in Europe. Um, his specialty is matching big companies up with smaller tech companies, so they maintain a competitive point of difference. Architect operating out of uh, Oregon who designs luxury apartments in China. Uh, foreclosure lawyer in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty diverse. Um, merger acquisition consultant in Germany. A um, lot, lot of clients in, in Australia. So in New Zealand, a lot of trainers, uh, coaches, consultants, um, wealth planners. Yeah. Uh, a new client who is, um, forgive me, Kevin, I can't remember where you are, but he's somewhere in, in your country. <laughs> And he's, he's, he's developed a business where he's a brokerage, he's a, operates a brokerage for real estate agents. So he gets the listings, which is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And he brokers out to real estate. So it's a service. The physical product is, is there, of course, but he's not actually directly selling the physical product. Mm -hmm. so, so it's anyone who has a service or advice or develops software, that's the exception, who wants um, to quit stressing about where the leads are coming from and have predictability. And a lot of good consultants, classic is, it's all the classic is that, that really good at what they do is they get a lot of word of mouth referrals, which is great. And that can go on for three, four, five years, but one day it drives up, dries up. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, someone, who knows? Something weird happens like um, a dictator fires a missile over Japan. Like that would never happen, right? <laughs> that would never and, happen. And, or someone drives a tank into a desert in Kuwait uh, from Iraq, or I don't know, you know, stuff happens or there's an election and, and everything slows down. And for some reason, word of mouth marketing, it dries up. And then they go, oh, wow, I don't control this thing. There's no buttons I can push. There's no levers I can pull. I need some predictability around lead generation. So that's, that, they are the people who need, who need leadsology. Uh, the people who want to set up four different systems. So the leads are coming in from four different sources. Give, and, us, give me a for instance, give me a for you said that before, and I, I meant to ask you, what, give us an example. Sure. Okay. So um, let's just put social media to the side for a moment because that it's not a lead generator. It's, it's great to keep people's brand in your brain until they're ready to buy. Mm -hmm. People should be doing social media, a blog, a podcast, like there's something Facebook live. They should be doing something to keep the brand in the brain to people ready to buy. But uh, the direct lead generators, um, there's a for instance. So the you know a book when it's well written uh, will bring in bring in leads. Uh, one of the things I do when you, you know when you open the book up is you'll see this page here. Mm -hmm. Leadsology resources and there's a bunch of free stuff. So we drive people from the book back to the website. We have a few dates with them as many as they need to to start to validate that Tom's an okay guy that the services are effective and so on. Okay, so a book is one of those mediums. A webinar can be a medium. Uh, you attended a, a make, what I call a makeover session, a small group of people, the bears that come out of the forest, interested in marketing message makeover. Um, so those small sessions, uh, breakfast, lunch, and learn, or lunch, breakfast, lunch, and learn. I think it's a breakfast, lunch, and learn. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, breakfast meetings or lunch and learns that they're all mediums through which you can get your message out to the marketplace. Um, there's a lot of them, surveys, uh, diagnostic tools, uh, interactive models. So what I was saying before, just to, just to refresh, 
people's memory is that choosing the mediums and there's a lot of different ways you can get your message to the market about your magic out to, through the mediums. It's got to fit your personality. You got to look at this and go, yeah, I can do that. I quite like that actually, whether it's a webinar, writing a book, whatever happens to be. It's got to fit the marketplace. The medium's got to fit the market. Flowers and Monty's bowl is not going to work. Um, and finally, it's got to fit your budget, whether that's time or financial budget. So, so most people have one medium. Most people do one thing to get leads. I don't know whether they go to business networking meetings, which depositions them, but it doesn't matter. Let's say they get leads from them, that's fine. Uh, or they do webinars, or they have a book, or, and it's like a one-legged stool. And eventually, a one-legged stool tips over. So I, I want my clients to have four legs on their stools, four different ways that the leads are coming in. Each of those ways is systemized. So whether it's a LinkedIn uh, strategy, uh, whether it's a webinar strategy, whether it's a Facebook or Google AdWords funnel, taking you through a series of steps, they're all systemized. And we've got security because we've got diversification of leads. Just the same way you have, you have a couple of million bucks. I see this lady in, in the States won something like, you know, $800 million in a lottery. She's not going to put it all in one place. I hope, you know, um, the, the uncle who needs to invest in his business, don't give it to the uncle, you know, 800, here's 800 million, make me, make me some money. Um, so the, the security comes in the diversity of the lead generation. Yeah. So, you said earlier that social media is not for least generation, but that's how you got me interested. Yeah. So social media is so LinkedIn. Is it social media? Probably. Um, LinkedIn's good to keep the brand of the brain to be ready to buy. Um, you know, mo most of the posts you get into LinkedIn have the wrong message. They've got a message, which is like putting the flowers, Monty's dinner bowl. People just aren't interested. So people post articles on LinkedIn um, and they don't get traction. They might get, the matter if they get 500 reads, if you've got no more connections, you've got no more followers, you've got no more subscribers, you haven't really done a lot. So put aside the fact that the, the messages are not often, you know, aligned to the marketplace. Um, social media is best for keeping the brand and the brain until people are ready to buy. So by all means, have a LinkedIn strategy, post on LinkedIn, some good quality stuff, but understand that you're not going to get a flood of people going, can I work with you, please? Um, this is a great example of a, of a terrific added value social media uh, thing podcast in this case that's going to help keep Hughes brand in people's brains until they're ready to buy. Well, there's you, know, you associate with people who are competent. It raises the value of your of your brand. Um, social proof. You know, you got pictures of you know me with Tom Poland, so it raises raises the value of me because of your credibility. Some people would debate whether it raises your brand, Hugh, but I'll accept it. <laughs> drink to that. Well, Water, they can, people can decide for themselves when they, they hear. So um, there's a lot of really rich content here. And uh, I really resonate with this because I, I show up in groups and I, I'm starting, I just moved to a new city. So I'm starting a series of lunch and learns. And I'm, I'm targeting people who run charities, nonprofits. And um, that's, that's a very targeted. And, and some of the programs I offer are specifically tailored for them. And I have 31 years of experience in that, that market segment. Um, I'm also doing um, other places. I show up where my clients are. So the other segment is mid-cap corporations. 
five to 50 million in, in revenue. So that's, that's a sweet spot. And so I'm showing up where those people hang out. And I think one of the, one of the mistakes people make is they attract the wrong people. And this came up in the, the session that I was on. I ask you point blank, what happens when you keep attracting broke people? And you had a really good answer. Do you want to have a go at that again? Yeah. Unfortunately, I've only got a couple of minutes left, but let's, let's touch on that. So it's, 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 there are a series of filters that you can set up depending on which part of the, the process, people call it a funnel that people are in. Um, so, you know, typically what a lot, what a lot happens in, 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 in my sort of business is that, you know, international author and you say, you know, book a free consult, then, you know, I'm in danger of talking to a lot of people I can't actually help significantly because they can't afford to do anything with me. And it's actually worse than not speaking with them because I can tell them what to do, but if they go and try and do it, they're mm -hmm. probably going to mess it up because there's so many subtleties to it. And that means that they're wasting time and wasting effort. They're just going to have disappointed. So it's not good for them if I speak with them for free and it's not good for me if I speak with them for free. It doesn't really make the world a better place. So, but if I charge them, you know, I mean, you know, so I, I charge a thousand dollars an hour and I get it regularly. So if I say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you an hour, but I'll just charge you a hundred bucks. That's a filter that immediately cuts all those people out that I can't help. And I'm actually doing a disservice in meeting because I'm giving them like a false hope. If you're doing an event, um, charging 20 bucks is going to cut a lot of tire kickers out. Um, or you can set up a little enrollment page where you actually have to actually click some buttons and say, yes, I understand that in order to implement what I hear at this lunch and learn, I would probably be required to make an investment. I'm okay with that. So, so you put in, you can put in filters depending on the filter will depend on where they are and how, how much you want to fill them out. I mean, if I was going to a new city and doing lunch and learns, I wouldn't put in any filters. I'd just get my, get my ass out there and, and build the list and Ooh. accept the fact that not everyone's going to be perfect. I love the, it. The type of honey you put out will attract certain bears. And we're going to give people a link to leadsology.guru backslash five hyphen day hyphen challenge. And that's a gift that you're giving people. It's a five day challenge. They have to do a little work, but they're going to learn something, right? Oh, more than that. They're going to get more leads in. They're going to get a new client. So the challenge is if, if people do what I tell them to do that five hour challenge, and it's like 15 minutes a day over five days. So it's not hard. I get so much positive feedback for this because people will act. It's not just a little academic. You will actually put into place potentially your first marketing system. You will generate at least five fresh inbound new client inquiries and convert at least one of those to a fee paying client. All free. Love it. Tom Pollan, you've offered great value to the listeners of orchestrating success. And um, we're going to, uh, I'm going to ask you, I know you got no minutes left. Just give us a, a closing thought or a closing tip for this interview. Okay, so the, the, the closing thought is just be smart enough to know how dumb you are. That's, that's the secret to success is if you, if you, you know, the enemy of, of growing is knowing. I, don't, I, I wouldn't represent myself in court because I'm not a lawyer. It's like, don't try to do this at home. Find someone that can teach you how to do lead gen because it is a science and it doesn't have to be me, but, but, you know, just be smart enough to know how dumb you are with marketing.
Tom, thank you for your gift of your time. And uh, I thank you and my listeners. Thank you. This is so great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Cheers. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.